Hello and welcome to The Harks Review with me Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is Matty to talk about the defeat to Celtic. We chat a little bit about VAR, review the win over RFS in the Conference League and we preview Ross County in our final European Conference League game. How are we this week guys? <clears throat> not too bad, not too bad. Is that, is that, is that because of hearts or are other reasons? No. no, no. I was ill last weekend, Ross, as you, as you know. Um, I've managed to, to get over my bout of food poisoning and uh, I'm feeling fit again. It's a KFC agenda this week, Gordon. Listen, I'm not going to even utter their names, but yes. Um, clearly sabotaging me. Um, just as well, I wasn't going to Turkey last week because I tell you, I'd be struggling. Like, you probably die with the food out there. Yeah, probably, probably. To be honest, um, nah, if ever there was a man I've met that was designed to eat kebabs for four days in a row, it's Gordon. Yeah, looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. Actually, it'll be a it'll be a good trip. I think we seem to we seem to be um, you know hitting. Obviously, I would say hit now a wee bit form. We've we got a win, our first win in God knows how many games against Riga. But we'll start and talk about the Celtic game, a four-three defeat. What positives can we take from that, Gordon? Um, oh, the the performance first of all was was better. Um, it was how you'd probably expect us to be against Celtic, um, or you know how you would have expected us to be against Rangers and Fiorentina and Istanbul. Um, unfortunately, those three games weren't anywhere near to the level that, that of commitment um, that that we showed on on Saturday. Um, and it, listen, it was better, of course. You know, we've scored three goals. Uh, there was more more commitment in the team, more passion, more of a drive, more of a, a will to actually compete. Um, and they were doing the basics. I think that's that's what we can say here. They they they've done the basics pretty well. They got in Celtic's faces, um, created a number of chances in the first half. But again, defensively, we just let ourselves down. We conceded four really poor goals. The first one is just ridiculous. It really is. You know, we've we've just had an opportunity to go one 0 up. I think it was the Snodgrass one. The crowd really up for it. They run up the park and score such an avoidable goal. I mean, Keo, I don't know what he's doing sliding in um, and trying to clear the ball. Just leave it. Craig Gordon's getting that. Um, I don't know if, if Gordon needs to be more commanding, but it's it, for me, the, you've just oh, such a lack of communication. And that's been a big part of Hearts this season so far. I mean, I know it's a makeshift defence, but these are basic things in football, just talking to each other. And uh, and James Forrest, you know, he just he, he taps into an empty net. Um, but the response was good. Uh, you know, they didn't let their heads go down. I know a lot of the, the Celtic fans are talking about they, they should have had a goal, but uh, to go two 0 up. But again, it was it was a clear foul. Shouldn't have even went to VAR anyway because he had blew the whistle before it went in the back of the net. So that was a complete nonsense. Um, and then obviously we 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 get our penalty at the end of the set, uh, the, the first half there, and it should have been given right away. But I think obviously uh, Nick Walsh. I mean, I've said many times he's a terrible referee, um, but clearly he was waiting on. Um, VAR to kind of bail him out there, but he should see that, and the linesman as well should see it. It's, I mean, it's as clear as day, really. Um, they took ages to bring it back. For me, it's a simple decision. It's either a penalty or not. It was quite clearly a penalty. Um, 
which should have been given at the time anyway. But justice was done. Good penalty from Shanklin, who's came on. And I felt for Humphreys a bit. Kind of summed up our season. I thought he had started well. Uh, I thought it was the right decision as well to drop Shankland because um, he had really been quite poor in the lead up to that. But uh, credit to him, you know, he's come on with uh, with a point to prove, and I thought he played really well. Um, took his goals well. Uh, really good penalty for the first one, anyway. That's how you take a penalty. You wait for the goalie to move, bang, goal, one-one, and you think, right, here we go. And Hart started the second half the the, the way you really want them to. Um, scored a really good goal, two-one up. You're thinking, great, you know, that this could be the big result that turns our season round here. And then we give away two stupid goals again. Uh, I mean, really, Celtic should have equalised within seconds of us going two-one up with, um, is it Mui or Moni or whatever his baldy name is, uh, missing an absolute sitter, um, and then they go three-two up, and you think, well, sorry, two-two, and then three-two, and you think, for goodness sake, um, the equaliser our game was an odd joke. It was a carbon copy one of the Rangers goals, uh, simple corner, everyone standing like statues, headers into the net. And you think, how many times are we going to concede goals like this? Absolutely shambles. Um, and if Hearts don't get their act together at the back, they'll continue to leak goals. I'd like to, I know we're missing two centre halves, but for goodness' sake, you know, the, the, this is this is beyond two centre halves. This is teams defending as a unit, and you can't have every single person standing at track. Track your runner. Track your man. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going zonal or if they're going man for man. It looks like it's zonal. Clearly, it's not working. They're, they're absolutely not set up to to defend zonal uh, zonal crosses or corners into the box because they just don't deal with it. So go man for man. Try it that way. So it, it really frustrates me it does because these are just avoidable goals. And you think if we had actually done our job defensively, which we I don't think Celtic were putting... I mean, they weren't peppering us. I didn't at any point think, yo, they're battering us here, you know, their goal's coming. I thought Hearts competed in the game really, really well. It's just at the key moments... It's such a lack of concentration or maybe a lack of quality or, or whatever it is. Um, I mean, the, the fourth goal kind of summed up. There's like three three ricochets in the box and not one Hearts player is busting a gut to make sure they get to the ball first. But Taylor does. He gets there first, taps in, and Celtic go 4-3 up. And I mean, obviously going back to our equaliser, you think when it gets to 3-3, you think, right, you know, we went 3-2 down. Again, another really good response. Um, misses the first penalty Gino gets the rebound and then they did rightly bring it back fair enough um, and credit to Shankland you know he's obviously had to step up again there's a lot of pressure to do it again uh, he's his third penalty of, of the game effectively and he's and he's uh, rattled in and got his hat trick 3-3 um, three, three, and you're thinking right let's make sure we do get something out of this game whether it's a draw whether it's a win and they just, again, they give away a stupid goal. And uh, I think 4-3, unfortunately, Harsh just didn't have anything in the, the tank left by that. But I applauded the effort at the end. You know, as I said, I, I thought it was a lot better from a Hearts team. And it's, it's kind of what you want to see. Um, I know we're missing a number of players, but there, there's got to be a minimum level that you expect from a Hearts side, particularly at home. And I, I felt we've seen that on uh, Saturday against Celtic. But the most frustrating thing is why is it taking this this long to to happen? So, um, yeah, they've just got to use it, learn from it. Um, disappointing result because you've lost the game, you've conceded four goals, but I think we have to be slightly encouraged by it. But yeah, Fr frustrating. I think is is what the way I would sum it up. 
Mai, what did you make of some of the um, decisions made during the game and obviously the first ever game with VAR um, at Tin Castle? In all honesty, I thought a lot of them were shocking. Um, both from a refereeing standpoint, I think there was issues with VAR's introduction as well. Gordon touched in the first penalty. Why is that not given? I know, I know it got given by VAR, but why did it take four minutes to be given? That was outrageous, to be honest with you. Um, you had the, the Celtic handball claim. I can see why they were annoyed at that. You had the, the goal that Ralston scored. That was piss poor refereeing. We've brought in a video assistant referee and the referee's blowing while the game's still live. It's not what you do. I mean, correctly, you've seen with Celtic's offside goal that was chalked off correctly, but they, at least they let that go instead of stopping it with the linesman with his flag up. They at least done that correctly. The one with Ralston's a disgrace. It's piss poor refereeing. And if, that, if I know how that works from operating by watching English Premier League on the telly, then surely a professional referee should know how to behave in that situation. Gordon mentioned it. He's a shocking ref. We already know this. Um, other than that, I think they did get most of them correct. I can, If it was the other way around with a handball, I'd be pissed off. But I see the argument. It's very close to him. So you're going to get that. But overall, I quite liked VAR. It just highlights how bad our referees are, though. If you're still making errors when there's something brought in to not make errors, just sums up how piss poor the standard of refereeing is in this country. I don't like VAR, never have, but we need it because our refs are shocking. It did add a sort of bit of excitement to the game, though, Gordon, didn't it? You know, throughout that, I was entertained. Yeah, I mean, I've always actually been an advocate of VAR. Um... And I think particularly up here when when we know how poor our referees are. Um, I was surprised at the Celtic one, actually, because for me, it is a penalty. I thought it was a penalty at the time. I mean, I don't know if they were using the argument that it was maybe uh, above the sleeve or whatever, but um, I don't really see how you can't give that as a penalty. Um, so I can understand why uh, the Celtic fans are a bit up in arms, but at the same time, get it up them. You know, the amount of crap that they've got over the years. Hopefully this levels it out a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I like VAR, I do, but I think there's obviously ways of, ways of doing it and it's got to be quicker, you know, and these are decisions that surely you can see, um, right away, uh, they shouldn't be taking the length of time that they do, I know that they're wanting to be particular and there's a lot of pressure on them to get things right, of course, but I just think, use a football brain here and, and have a look at the decision. And if you're not sure, being the, the person who's on VAR, send the referee over right away and go, well, I mean, at the end of the day, he's the referee. So the, the, the ref on field is, is the one where the buck should stop with. So if the v, if, if VAR are not sure about something, they think, listen, this could be potential, go and have a look at it. Just send them over. And you've seen when Nick Walsh actually went over to look at the penalty, he gave it within seconds. Um, that's because he, he knew what he needed to see, really. Who got to the ball first? Was it Devlin or Carter Vickers? It was clearly Devlin. Now, obviously, him and his linesman should see that at the time because it's as clear as day in real time without even needing VAR. Um, but, the, yeah, the, the, the Celtic one was bizarre. And then, again, I, I don't know why um, the, the Ralston one was even getting looked at because, again, he's blew the whistle for a foul. And it was a foul. Um, that shouldn't even be, get, be getting reviewed. Let's just get on with the game again. Um, the only way that that's getting reviewed is if there was maybe a handball before, you know, on on the lead up. 
Um, there wasn't, so I, I don't understand that one. Um, they got they obviously got it right with the um, with the, the heart stud penalty, um, where they 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 had to bring it back because there was obviously um, I think it was against Ginelli coming into the box too quickly, um, but there was also I think a couple of Celtic players who had also encroached in the box early. So it's good that that, that it reviews penalty decisions like that. You know whether it's the, the goalkeepers off his line too early or or what have you, and then obviously Celtic's fifth uh, goal that was ruled out clearly again offside. You know the Celtic fans with our magic markers and um, trying to claim that somehow it was onside uh, when quite clearly it wasn't. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think VR will, will be big in Scotland. I think it'll certainly benefit a lot of sides who have been on the end of dubious decisions. Because, listen, the old firm get more decisions than anybody else. They do. It is a fact. I know they claim somehow there's agendas against both of them, but it's complete pish. Um, they, they they do they they get the bulk of the decisions. That, us particularly against Celtic, I mean they have had some terrible decisions over the years. We got a point at Parkhead last season if there's VAR. Um, when when obviously Kyogo scored his offside goal, I mean he's two yards offside. Um, so that highlights the incompetence. He's onside if you're a Celtic fan on Twitter though. Gordon. Well, yeah, uh, exactly. But I mean you also but but again it just highlights the um how poor linesmen were. I mean I was at, we were in the corner. And we could see it was offside. Didn't even have a straight line. He's standing in a straight line. He couldn't see that that was offside. So you think to yourself, you know, are these people living in the clouds? Are they maybe just, um, are they maybe just daydreaming, or are they just generally incompetent? And you, and you, you do, you do have to question it. So there's nowhere for them to hide now. Um, obviously, you've got the usual mouthpieces like John Hartson and Chris Sutton coming out and saying that Celtic were playing against VR and all this nonsense. They are just trying to rump up the, the house agenda there so that um, VAR will think even twice when they're going to give decisions for Celtic or against Celtic. Um, I understand that why they're doing it, but, you know, hopefully um, the referees can stand up and they won't get um, get kind of duped by it, but you just know that they, they will cave to the pressure eventually and Celtic will still get their traditional dubious decisions. Um, but thankfully against us, you know, I thought VAR done its job. However, if there was one criticism of it, you would like it to just be done a little bit, uh, a little bit quicker, because there was too much kind of standing about and um, thinking, oh, come on, you know, let's get on with the game. Because at the end of the day, you know, we're there to watch the football, not twenty-two players just standing waiting on a referee looking at a screen. Um, so it's got to be quicker. Um, I like the way that they, they do it in Europe. I think England again, VR in England is getting better. However, it's still not perfect by any means. Um, I like the way the Italians do it. I think their VAR is good. Um, I've been to an Italian game where VAR was used. First kind of, that was the first time I seen VAR. Obviously, I've been at, uh, I was at the Scotland Israel game last last year when when they gave the goal. That was done pretty quickly as well. Um, so I, th- I think I think the way they do it in, in the continent is the best way to learn. I wouldn't I wouldn't take the the English ones. Um, and, and necessarily learn from them because I think they still get quite a bit um, a bit wrong. Uh, although Champions League during the week there, I thought Spurs' goal was harsh to rule that out. Um, but look, it is what it is. Um, it'll obviously have its teething problems like anything, but they've had long enough now, I think, to, to do their training. Um, so hopefully that they can uh, start getting things right and, and it just becomes the norm. I'm looking forward to 
sort of the, the aftermath of it, to be honest with you. I think we've seen a little bit of that after the game. Seeing all the Celtic fans on Twitter is going to be highly entertaining over the next few months if this continues. And we'll get it from Rangers as well. Um, they, Gordon mentioned that they will end up bashing on. Both sides will claim there's an agenda against them. But the reality is they've been getting unfairly refereed in this country for 30 years and their fans don't know any better. They only know how to be on the receiving end of dodgy decisions, benefiting from dodgy decisions, and that's going to be highly entertaining. Watching this playing field get levelled out a little bit, because every week they get one. Need enough every week anyway. And you'll you'll not get a, a football fan outside of Glasgow that doesn't have 10, 12, 15, 20 decisions they can rattle off off the top of their head that have cost them results against both of them. So that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to with VAR. Any teething problems are what they are, but if it brings them back down to the level and it can stop the blatant cheating that's been going on in this country towards those two clubs for the last at least 30 years, probably longer than that, then that's only a good thing for me. Matt, I was going to ask, so what do you make of like, the media um, sort of ramping up, the, as Gordon said, you know, going on about you know, Celtic against Far and Hearts, and even before the, the game, you know, there was a lot of talk of how VAR will be you know, it'll not work, it'll be teething problems, it's that next thing, you know, what, what, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, the media in Scotland's another disgrace. It's another institution that has a massive Glasgow bias. Um, it's based around two football clubs because they're scared if they don't pander to those agendas, they'll lose viewership. Um, and it doesn't surprise me. They get all these Celtic mouthpieces on every game, they'll get Rangers mouthpieces on when they're on the telly, and they're going to batter on about it, and they're going to pretend that they've been hard done by every single week, because they know deep down they've benefited from these decisions for 30 plus years, and they don't like the fact that it's changing, and I'm all for it. Get it up them. Rangers as well, they're just as bad. We've just not seen it yet. We will see it. They will 100% be moaning and complaining about how like Alfredo Morelos' left foot's blatantly offside, but they'll be complaining about how, oh, well, benefit of the doubt, Rangers, eh? surely you've got to give this. So they'll be just as bad, but I'm looking forward to their first meltdown on the social media as well. That'll be highly entertaining. I'm sure it will. Um, we won a game this week. Positive. We won a game. We, we beat RFS in the Conference League. Um, we were all there. Um, a, a great night at Tincastle, Gordon. Yeah, um, a good night. Uh, I thought I thought the performance was was decent. Um, wasn't outstanding, as some people said. Um, but it was that, it was good. Right. That one was completely right. Yes. Like what he wasn't right. I mean, outstanding performance. Mm-hmm. We, we were told mm-hmm. we were just having a chat, and this guy just came out of nowhere. Yeah. He was going on about how an outstanding performance it was. I agree with that, man. Well, you, Let's get real. It was a bang average performance. Yeah, it was an outstanding 13 minutes, and then we absolutely shat the bed. No, we should have hammered think, them by four I, or five I, I goals. Think, They're pish, and we are crap. Right? I it wasn't good enough. The, um, I think the first half hour, you could maybe put in the outstanding category. Although I think that's probably a, a, bit, a little bit much. But it was a good first half hour, I thought. I thought the tempo was good. It's got two really good goals. Um, and we looked like we had the bit between our teeth again. Uh, you know, we were playing football how you would want us to do, um, how we should be starting these these European matches, um, whether it's against RFS, it should have been the exact same against Istanbul and Fiorentina. Um, unfortunately, there was a total contrast because we just retreated into our box. You seen what happened as soon as we got that early goal, and it was a simple goal. It was a ball wide to Ginelli, who for me should have... It, 
Europe suits him. It does because he's going to get time and space. He's got the pace to get away from defenders. Um, it was a lovely ball that we don't see enough of, to be honest with you. Because um, those are the types of goals that Lauren Shantland will score. And I've, I said it last week. Um, there's no point having him playing on the halfway line because he's not going to do anything for you there. However, if you get him in the six-yard box, he's scoring. And it was a great ball. Took out three defenders and he slid in and stuck it in the back of the net. And that's the sort of goals that he will score. Those are the sort of goals you've got to give him. It was almost a carbon copy of his second goal on, on Saturday. Um, and and I think him and Ginelli suit each other well. And hopefully both of them can stay fit and they can sort of conjure up a little bit of a, a partnership. I think Ginelli frustrates a lot of people because he's a bit inconsistent. But you, you generally will get that in wingers, unfortunately. However, when he's on the park, he can produce moments like that. And um, and it was a really, really good pass for Shanklin, a really good goal. Bang, hearts are 1-0 up. The crowd are into it. A lot of people have criticised the atmosphere at Tynecastle this season, but when your team is camping in its own half, of course, that's not going to you know get everyone up for the game. Um, when you go 1-0 up after three minutes, everyone's going to be a little bit more relaxed. They're going to sing. It's going to be good. Everyone's in tune. And uh, and then bang, we get the second goal, and you think, right, how many are Hearts going to score tonight? Um, the unfortunate thing for us is they got the goal back. Very good goal. I mean, you you can't really criticise the defending or or what have you. You know, the boys hit it so sweetly, and it's a fantastic goal. Two one, it gives them a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of belief, and you see them suddenly come into the game a little bit more. And um, Although I didn't think they, they bombarded us at any point. I mean, Hart still had more chances than them. I thought, you know, we've hit the post and Ginelli's forced the goalkeeper in a couple of saves. And um, right, we were terribly unlucky not to add a third, I thought, in the second half. But then, you know, they've hit the under right of the, the, the post. So I think it was the same boy who scored the, the first goal, actually. Um, that's all I can really remember. I mean, they, they put a lot of pressure on us. Um, I think they stuck four men up, up front, but Credit to, uh, to in particular, Toby Sibbick. I thought, you know, I thought he had a really solid game. There was one point before the fans were even singing his name. Um, I said to you, this is tremendous defending. You know, the the, the big number nine um, is getting touched tight to Sibbick. Now, it's easy for, when, when you're a, a massive striker um, who's got a big presence, when you're over six foot, what you want to do to a centre-half is you want him to get touched tight to you. So you can then turn him and get your shot away. You can almost bully him. Now, Sibic seen that coming. He got touched tight at the right time. And when the striker was about to turn and, and have his shot away, Sibic's backed off a couple of metres and he's got his block in. And that, that, for me, is very intelligent defending. It shows you that he's actually learning the game and he's reading the game well. Um, similar thing happened to Lewis Nielsen. He got touched tight and he got involved and got bullied in the end and actually... I think he gave away a free kick, or he nearly did, um, and we managed to get away with it. But that there is is the difference between um, a defender who knows how to defend and one who's still learning the game. Um, so credit to Sibic, I thought he was really good. Ginelli was my man of the match. I thought he was excellent. Um, I have to say, it's, I think it's the best game I've actually seen him play in Maroon. Um, but Sibic was 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 really solid as well, and particularly even when Kingsley went off, um, I thought he grew in confidence and seen the game out and, and done really well. And, and I still maintain Toby Sibbick's a midfielder. I think he would be a lot better in midfield because he's he's got the skill, um, he's got the pace, he's got the power. Um, I think him sitting in the middle of the park, 
you know, he would he he really would be a a, a decent um midfielder for Hearts, but when you see him put in performances like that, you think, well, at least he can still play defence. He can play in a back three. He could play as a back four. But I'd like to see him in the field regularly when we get, you know, Rolls and um, Halkett back. But I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. Nielsen sees him as a defender, um, which is fine. But I, I would prefer him in the field. But I, I've, I've been an advocate for him for a while. I think he's a good player. And, um, and he had a really good game. And hopefully that's the confidence booster he needs. And because um, he started his heart's career, second half of his heart's career, off pretty well. I mean, that night at Easter Road where we drew nil nil, I thought he was man of the match that night, and he was excellent. Um, but he kind of lost his way a little bit. Um, hopefully, this is him now. He's settled in. He'll be coming up for a year since he's been here, um, and he can really, really get going again. Because um, he has a good, he's a good player. And I think he's one who will um, hopefully continue to improve and, and get better and better. And nights like Thursday, I'll, I'll stand him in good stead. Matty, what did you make of uh, Civic's performance and overall team performance? I think, I mean, I think Gordon's pretty much covered Civic. I think he, he had an excellent game. I think the most important thing now is that he can take some confidence from that performance and the fact that there was an obvious attitude shift in the in the crowd as well, which was... Really nice to see because there had been a lot of like mumbles and complaints about Civic in in the past few weeks. So he hopefully he can take a lot of confidence from that and grow and become a player. But he's got all the attributes to be a top player. The only question mark I still have over Civic, and it's only one that will get answered with time, is whether he has the mentality and the consistency to become a good player. I think football and wise he could, and I think he needs to nail down a position as well. Um, Gordon's right as well. I thought Janelli was excellent. I think he's been excellent in the last two games actually. The fact that he's the first player I've seen really all season deliver the kind of balls into the box that Shanklin requires is encouraging. I think we see it too much down the left-hand side of us still trying to be too fancy. Mackay coming in, overlaps, too many touches. When you've got a player like Shanklin in the team, you need to get the ball in early because he makes his runs early and that's how he gets his goals. He's got very intelligent movement in the box. He'll get in front of defenders because he's not the quickest. He's not going to outpace you, but He's intelligent and he always seems to be in the right place when the ball comes into the middle. I thought overall our tempo was poor after the first sort of 20 minutes or so. I think we got very complacent against Riga. We settled into a sort of strange rhythm where we kind of looked comfortable in the ball without any real purpose behind it. It just looked like we were keeping it for the sake of keeping it. Didn't really penetrate in behind too much after the first couple of goals. And then I think the, the, first, the first goal is fantastic. I think you could maybe, maybe, and I'm being harsh here, question the pressing a little bit, but excellent strike. And after that, I thought that we just kind of went into nothing, really. It was a non-event of a game where a better team would have punished us, I think. I think we got away with one, to be honest with you. Started well, it did not end well at all as far as I'm concerned, and we've done almost lucky to get the result in the end, just lucky that they never done too much more when they went forward. Part of that would be down to the way Civic played. I think you've got to remember, though, I mean, it's a Hearts team that um, is missing a number of key players, but it's also a team that hasn't won in six games. Um, so I think there was always going to be that little bit of nervous energy towards the end of the game um, when you are only winning by a goal that will naturally set in and almost protect what you've got kind of thing. Because I think if Hearts had conceded there, it would have been an absolute disaster. 
and what it would have done for their confidence going forward, um, it would have been hugely damaging. So I think for them to hold on and actually get the win, um, you, sometimes you see that. And there's always games, I think, where uh, results can turn. I, I expected Hearts to win the game because on, on the back of the performance from Saturday there, I thought they would take that. That would give them a wee confidence booster and they would go on and get the result, and they did. But I think had they, had they got another setback there, um, whether it be drawing the game or, or even losing it, um, it really would have been damaging to their confidence. I know in the end, the game didn't really mean very much, apart from £400,000, of course, but um, in the grand scheme of qualification, uh, which is disappointing because I think with two games to go to be out, different if it's Europa League, but in the Conference League, I think it's very disappointing. Um, and for me, I know we can. I know Nielsen talks about um, learning curves and all this thing. He has to learn because it's been a disastrous campaign. Um, I think we've got a minus 12 goal difference or something, um, minus 11 now or something like that. But um, it's not good enough, to be honest with you. The entire campaign's not been good enough. But it's happy enough with the result. Yes, you can sort of question the, the maybe the last 60 minutes of the performance, but I think there was reasons for that. And I just think it's a team who hasn't won in a wee while and we're a little bit just happy to get it over the line. And um, I think they've done that well in the end because... Although Riga clearly didn't have a lot of quality, they, uh, they're a big physical team. And they are a team who's played in Europe quite a lot. They're also a team that had effectively nothing to lose. Um, they're a team that has taken points off Fiorentina and Istanbul this season. Um, so they were always going to be a dangerous outfit. But um, Hearts have dispatched for them well, as they should have, home and away. And um, um, hopefully we'll take confidence from that. And then when we're hopefully back at but hopefully we're in the Europa League next season. But if we're not and we're in the Conference League again, then we really need to be looking to try and get out of the groups, regardless if you've got a bigger club um, in there. Um, Riga didn't hold any fear against Istanbul and against Fiorentina. I don't think they played with really any fear um, against us in, in the two games. They just weren't quite good enough. And if it gets to the stage where you get beat by two better teams and it's just because you aren't quite good enough, you can accept that. It was the same. I mean, there's a Celtic game at the weekend there. We've lost 4-3 because we just weren't good enough to beat them. However, we gave them a game. And I can accept that. However, what I can't accept is getting horsed 5-1, being 4-0 down at half-time away to Fiorentina. Likewise at home, 2-0 down, 3-0 in the end. Same with the Istanbul game, 4-0 at home. Not good enough. Nowhere near good enough. And... Um, Simply, they have to improve on that, and um, hopefully next season we will. I mean, a, a positive is you know it's our first first group stage win at home, and um, obviously the four hundred thousand pound mine. I mean, yeah, it's nice to get a victory. It's nice to get a bit more money into the club for us not to spend on footballers, and um, so overall, I'm quite content. I think. This European campaign, I mean, the phrase learning curves do in my head and it's been used that many times this season. It's went full circle now. I mean, how 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 far are we going around this bend that we've been on? Learning curve, my arse. It's like a fucking roundabout now. But anyway, other than that... Name for this, uh, this episode, <laughs> the learning roundabout. Honestly, we're back. The reality is that we're back where we started, right? We are literally back where we started. We played against Celtic and Riga the way we should have played when this learning curve started. 
in the first fucking place. So there we go. Learning roundabout. That's what I'm calling it, right? Let's hope hope things change. But enough of that. Let's try and be a bit more positive. We got a win in Europe, right? At home, which is something that I've never seen in a group stage. To do that is nice. We've got a good income now. We've made 10 million quid, give or take, if you include TV rights, prize money, the two the money we made from the two victories. That's coming into the club. Hopefully it gets spent in a sensible manner and improve the club on the pitch because it didn't in the summer, but it's there again. We've got January to address that and we've got ambitions now for the rest of the season to make sure we're there again. And if we do get there again, I hope we learn the lessons from the summer in terms of recruitment. We learn the lessons from this season as a whole in terms of fatigue, injury, players getting hurt, players going down. And um, we just need to keep building and hope for the best. Uh, I want us to grow as a football club. I want us to do this every season. I want us to start winning games in Europe because I think you said to me in the pub, Ross, we're the biggest Diddy club in the world right now. We've got the infrastructure there to become a decent level European football club. I'm not saying we're going to go win the Confidence League or anything like that, but European group stage football on the regular basis needs to be the aim of this football club. And I hope we've learned a lot from this season and we can build from there. It's about getting it again now for me. Obviously, we've got Ross County um, tomorrow, Sunday. Um, difficult game or do you think we should be going out and winning it, Gordon? Not a very tough game, absolutely. Um, you know, they've, they have they took four draws off us last season. Uh, was it four draws? Three draws? Um so yeah, very, very tough game. Opening day of the season was tough, um, but we managed to grind through and get the result that day. Um, I'm surprised where Ross County are, to be honest. We I expected them to be mid-table at the very least. I thought they would cause trouble this season for teams, but it has been a bit of a strange season because we've got shite like St Mirren and Hibs currently occupying the third and fourth positions, which is bizarre. Sorry, actually, Hibs aren't, are they? It's Aberdeen. Um I mean, the, I, I actually think, and I generally believe this, I know it's maybe a little bit stupid when you're looking at the table at the moment, but I think Ross County are better than both of them. Um, having seen ha, having seen us play against both teams and seen Ross County play a few times, I generally think that. So they're clearly a team that's going through a little bit of a confidence issue, but they only need one result to turn it around. You've seen that last season against Dundee. Let's hope it doesn't come on Saturday. Eh, sorry, Sunday. Um, but they'll fancy their chances against us. You know, we're just on the back of Europe. Um, although we have done okay after European games um, in the league. I don't think we've lost any. Um, certainly not since we've been in the groups, I think. Obviously, we beat Motherwell away and we beat... Um, sorry, Drew, Drew with Kilmarnock. Um, so, yeah, so we've we've done all right um, after European games. So let's hope that um, we can go up there and get three points. We really do need three points because, as I said, our league form has been poor. Um, nowhere near being good enough and I think if Hearts were able to get a victory uh, on Sunday it then gives us an opportunity because we play Motherwell next weekend um, at home and then I think it's um, Rangers away followed by Livingston at home and then it's the World Cup and you think right that's a really good opportunity for us to pick up at very least nine points out of our next four games um, and if we could do that we're right back in the mix we obviously have the World Cup break gives us an opportunity to get players back and then January's right around the corner. And if you look at our fixtures right before the January transfer window, it's a good run. 
It's a good run of fixtures. And I think what this, hopefully this World Cup break will do is give Hearts an opportunity to actually identify players that they want to bring in. If they can get someone in for the Hibs game, um, which is, I think, is that the second or the third? Um, that's that that's massive. I think the injured players that we've got, obviously the ones that won't be going to the World Cup, guys like Benny Beningame, you want him back after the World Cup break because it gives him three or four games before we play Hibs um, to get them back up and running. I think if Hearts can go on a decent run of form now, I think there's, you know, you take away the Rangers game um, at Ibrox, there's about, I think, nine nine or ten games there that you'd expect Hearts to win the majority of them. Um, obviously, at the moment, we're struggling with injuries, but these are all players who are on their way back. You'd like to think by the by the time that happens, we'll, we'll certainly be as close to full strength as we possibly can. I think not only does does that help the team, I think it helps the players who are currently playing at the moment who are maybe struggling a little bit in confidence. Guys like Barry Mackay, um, I'm willing to bet if you see a full-strength Hearts team, you'll start to see the best of him again. Um, and, and the good thing as well, most of these are at home. I think we've got what St Johnson, Dundee United away, um, in that mini period after after the break. But you've got St Mirren at home. Um, I think Kilmarnock at home as well in there, or maybe I'm making that up. Um, and then obviously Hibs, but it's it's a good run for Hearts, and and it's one that they've absolutely got to take advantage of. And um, I think we've seen that last season. We were, we went through kind of spells. We had a poor spell and then bang, we went on a run and we're unbeaten in eight, nine, ten games. And I think that's got to be the same same thing this season if we're going to get ourselves back in the third. Um, the fact that we are sitting here, one win and whatever in the league, um, we're sitting seventh, but we're only five points off third with a game in hand. I think that, that tells you all you need to know, really, to, to be honest with you. And, and the fact that our so-called main rivals are third, Hibs and Aberdeen and potentially St Mirren, I've all got to come to Tynecastle within the next couple of months. So um, I think we need to be realistic and, and, and know that it's still very much there for Hearts. I think it's still very much in our hands. Um, but you can't keep giving them opportunities to try and widen the gap. And Aberdeen go to Ibrox this weekend. I would expect them to lose there. Um, Rangers, I know they're poor at the moment, but they're a wounded animal. And um, and they tend to like beating Aberdeen. So Hopefully they'll they'll get a result there and and we can get a result on Sunday and, and close the gap a little bit because um, if we can keep it at the very most five points um, until the winter break then then I would actually take that that's not too bad um, I would like to to hope that we'll maybe close the gap then um, because I think what that does as well it also puts a hell of a lot of doubt into um, into Aberdeen and Hibs and all the teams who are going for third. I think we have the experience from last season of, of comfortably finishing there. We've got a, a, clearly a better squad. However, we're going through a tough time at the moment. I think everything that possibly could have went against us has went against us. So we're due a little bit of luck. We're due a, an upturn. And I think we'll see that. I think we will see that in the coming weeks. Um, I still expect Hearts to finish third. I expect Hearts to finish third by a good 10 points. Um, but they've got to go and do it. And I think certainly the next two, three months will be key. Um, how we how we respond in December, well, how we respond over the next couple of weeks in the league will will give me a clear idea of where we are mentally as a team, and then obviously hit the ground running after the World Cup, and then um, we've got January to bring in some players who've already made mo- made noises that that's the plan. Um, hopefully they'll already have 
players lined up to bring in quite early because if you can give some of their debut in a derby, um, I mean, remember Ellis Sims, I mean, obviously he played against Celtic. Uh, I think he was signed on the day of the Celtic game. Um, done well second half. Um, obviously we lost the game, unfortunately, narrowly, but I thought he had a good performance and then he backed up by scoring against Motherwell at the weekend. You know, if we can get a similar um, player to come in and have a similar impact, then um, it'll only be a good thing for Hearts and uh, hopefully that's the case. My Gordon's right in saying we have to just keep in touch and distance just now until we're playing Saturday to Saturday. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think this season so far has been quite damaging, but we've been fortunate in the sense that no one else in the league has managed to improve on last season. To still be within five games, eh, five games, five points a third and having a game in hand is probably better than where we should be given our own personal form and our own like results as a football club. And to be in that situation now really does give me a lot of confidence that we will get third again. I think this weekend's huge. Again, it's about getting a result. We've got, like Gordon said, Aberdeen going to Rangers. You expect them to lose that. If we can go up and get a result in Ross, at Ross County. And to be honest with you, even a draw, like it's a point on the board at the moment because we are a, we are a wounded animal at the moment but not, and not in the good way. We've got so many players unavailable where Kingsley's gone now as well. It looked like he'd done his hamstring. I'll be surprised if he plays a game before the World Cup. So he's out. So you're looking at Civic and Nielsen are going to be your centre-half partnerships. Nielsen's a 19-year-old laddie whose confidence is shot, doesn't know the game, isn't supposed to know the game. He's the kind of player you're meant to play beside a Stephen Presley in the same sense that we did with Andy Webster. You've got Civic, who's hopefully going to continue a wee bit of form, has a bit of confidence now. You're going to have Cochrane at left-back playing beside another teenager. And then Smith's our only recognised right back. And to be honest with you, I thought he was murder against Selick. He was directly responsible for the fourth goal. And I don't like slagging off Smith because I do like him as a footballer. And he's given a lot to Hearts over the years. But he's done, as far as I'm concerned. So our back four is questionable. Keo's not settled yet. But again, who else do you play? He's definitely not going to give any youngsters a chance. He never does. So you can pretty much guarantee the 11 that's going to go out there. I think it's good enough to get a result, but we need a little bit of the rub of the green and we need to get a grip. We need to watch ourselves from corners. We need to watch ourselves from crosses. We need to try and stop that supply into the box. And if we can do that, I think we'll win on through the weekend. And that should put us in good stead running into the World Cup, I think. And obviously later on in the week, we've got Istanbul and, and Gordon, you're going. Your fourth European away trip. Yes, yeah, four from four. Uh, looking forward to it. This will be a more relaxed trip, I think, uh, for me personally. Um, I'm almost treating it as like a wee kind of holiday getaway. Uh, the match is almost a side note, really. Um, it's a place I've always kind of wanted to visit as well, Istanbul. I kept wanting Scotland to get them. Um, I know they are near Scotland. They're actually playing them, I think, next month anyway, but it's like near the city and border or something, so I wouldn't go to that. But... Um, yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, it's just a shame that there's nothing to play for. I mean, Hearts have sold out their allocation. Incredible support this season away from home. I think the numbers that we've took just highlights how big a club this is. Um, particularly, I mean, English clubs don't even get anywhere near the numbers that we've we've took in Europe this season. And I'm talking about big English clubs. I'm talking about Manchester Cities. I'm talking about, you know, um, Leicester Cities, even Liverpool and stuff like that. You know, they don't take the numbers that we've took. 
um, this season. And I know you can maybe say, well, it's you know, your first season in Europe, everybody's wanting to do it again. But Hearts consistently, whenever they've been in Europe, have always travelled in big numbers. Quite a lot of Scottish clubs do, to be fair. But um, us this season, it's been good. Um, from Zurich all the way through to, to Istanbul, um, our ends have, have, have all been full. So, <clears throat> looking forward to it. Uh, fly out Tuesday, come home Saturday, just in time for Motherwell game. Um, I don't really know what to expect, to be honest with you, from Hearts, but I would imagine that they'll certainly make a number of changes. The disappointing thing is, I think Istanbul still need to win to win the group, so I would imagine that they might not make as many changes as they, they may have done had they beat Fiorentina. Because um, the last thing you want to do there is make too many changes and, and get absolutely destroyed. Um, because that does no one any any favours. doesn't do the club any favours, doesn't do Scottish football any favours. Um, so you want to go over there and be competitive, and it'll be a difficult game. Um, I think if Hearts were to come away with, you know, maybe a 2-0 defeat or something, wouldn't be a disaster. Um, I think any more than that, then you're thinking, Christ. Um, but go over there, be positive. I think we should play a, a bunch of youngsters, you know what I mean? Just go out and say, listen, Here's your first taste of European football. Go and enjoy it. Um, guys like Finlay Pollock, guys like Connor Smith, young young players, go and have a go. See what you can do. Um, and and let them enjoy themselves. And uh, I've seen that uh, a, a young player we were talking about, Lewis, Lewis Watson, um, he was training with the first team ahead of uh, the game at the weekend there. Uh, sorry, on Thursday there. Um, I don't know if he made the bench or not. I don't think he did. But um, I'd even like to see him. You know, he's, he's a good young left back. I think that would take maybe the pressure off Cochrane a little bit, give him a rest. Um, I like to look him when I see him. Now, I know there's a, an absolute step up from playing uh, low in league football to uh, Europa Conference League football in Istanbul. I get that. But you know, the, the, they might just surprise you. Remember Aaron Hickey came out of nowhere and played a Scottish Cup final, played a blinder. Um, give these kids a chance. And I think in a, in a game like that, you should say, listen, go and enjoy yourselves. Um, there's not a lot of pressure on you here, but you're still representing the football club. You're representing your career. Um, treat this as if it could be your only ever opportunity to play European football. And, and I bet you, you would see good performances from them because young players now, I think, are fearless. It's not before where... He thought, oh, you know, he's a young lad. He might, he might get over, uh, overhyped by it, and might get nervous. You don't really see that from young players anymore. That they're, they're, they are generally fearless, and and they step into the game, and there's not a lot of nerves with them. And um, you know, they're well coached. I think these young players now they've got bags of ability. You know, let them off the let them off the leash and see how they do. Um, I'm not talking about a, a full strength, uh, a full eleven of them playing. I'm talking about, you know, maybe throwing in three or four and just seeing how they do, have another couple on the bench. Play Xander Clark, give Craig Gordon a night off. Um, see how we do. And, you know, if they come away with a couple of goal defeat, then it's disappointing, but um, it's good experience and it gives the, the, the players who maybe need a wee rest a wee rest. Number of questions for predictions before we, before we leave. Firstly, uh, Matty, Ross County. I'm going to go 2-0 Hearts on this occasion. Purely because I want us to keep another clean sheet and we need it. I think we've got goals in us. I think Shankland's on fire. 
think he's going to get at least another one. I think we will win 2 0. I don't think it'll be a wonderful performance, but I don't, we, you don't ever get that in Dingwall. If you can go up there, get a victory, I'll be delighted. Um, Europe, we'll see. I kind of agree with Gordon. I would like to see us just sort of rotate as much as we can. I know there's going to be limited opportunities there just due to the fact that we don't have that many players that are fit enough to play games of football. But if we can go there, keep it respectable, 2 or 3 now, play some youngsters, not get any more injuries, and just focus on the league for the rest of the season, I'd be quite happy. So I'm going to go 2-0 at the weekend and then a 3-0 defeat midweek. But preface that by saying that we play some younger players and don't pick up any injuries. Therefore, job done. Europe over. Let's get there next year. Gordon? I think we'll nick it 1-0 on Sunday. Um, I think it's two teams who are, are probably lacking a little bit of confidence, particularly County, obviously. Um, from a Hearts point of view, they need to take confidence from their their last two performances, particularly the, the win midweek. And I think that will stand them in, in good stead and hopefully they can go into the game and um, and get themselves three points. 1-0. Um, I just think it'll be a dogged game and uh, and it might just take that little bit of luck, maybe a wee deflection or something. Um, I think it'll generally be one of those games. So 1-0 I'm going to go for and then in Istanbul. I just hope they give us a goal, to be honest with you. I don't normally like that type of attitude because I, I certainly never had that type of attitude in, in Florence. I wanted Hearts to go over there and give them a game. Um, this is a little bit different. Um, I think... Aye, I'd, I'd like a goal. So 3-1 to Istanbul, I'm going to go. If Hearts could get maybe an early goal or uh, equalise or something, just so we can have a bit of limbs. Um, Finley Pollock on the goal on the score sheet, that'd be lovely. Yeah, it would be, mate. It would be. A, a young player, you know, give them a memory um, that they'll they'll always, that they'll never forget. So um, it would be good. It, it would be good. But you never know. Listen, it could be. A, Hearts might just surprise you. Um, over there, they might just um, you know compete very well. Istanbul, might, I mean, you don't know what they're like at the moment. I mean, the pressure on them to or how arsed they are to top the league. Um, I don't even know who they're playing at the weekend or who they've got the following week. I think it's different in the opening game of a group. Is um, the Conference League the same way it is in the Europa League though? Because I know with the Europa League, you you basically skip around if you win the group. Is it the same in the Conference League? I don't think so. I, I don't think it is. Um, well, then, does it matter? That's that because if if it yeah. if it did, then it's a, it's one less game, and they'd obviously go for it. But I don't know the yeah. answer. Man. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure myself. I don't. I have the feeling it's not though. Um, I think it's. I remember West Ham not playing for some reason, but I'm sure they dropped down. Did they drop down from the Europa League, or did they play the Conference League from the start last season? Can't remember. Anyway. Um, so yeah, no idea, but hopefully, um, hopefully they aren't asked. Um, I think there is knockout playoffs, so I think it's the same format. Teams okay. finishing third that come from the Europa League play second place teams, and then the eight group winners go through to the round of sixteen. So ah, right. It, okay. it does matter if you win okay. if you win the group then. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to. I'm yeah, going to my mind then. Six nil. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Six well, one, well, Pollock's you know, still getting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still <laughs> on my limbs. Yeah, six one. <laughs> we'll go six one, six one. Will we ever find ourselves off the learning roundabout? Who knows? Till next week. Goodbye.